You're listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness from LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs. It's Unnecessary Roughness, presented by the Jewelers of Las Vegas. I've always believed he was the best quarterback in terms of giving us a chance to win. You know, Tim and, and uh, Trevor uh, trying to spark the offense and all that, and, uh, and those two are very talented quarterbacks, don't get me wrong, but uh, in my opinion, Zach gives us the best chance to win. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. Jets head coach Robert Sala right there talking about Zach Wilson. He's the guy. He's not the guy. He's the guy again. So what gives there in New York with the J-E-T-S Jets? We'll talk about that and a whole lot more as Trey Wingo from the 33rdteam.com and chasing it with Chase Daniel joins us right now. And Trey, thanks so much for your time. What do you make of the situation in New York with Zach Wilson as now he's back under center after being benched for a couple weeks? Well, man, it's always good to be with you. All I can say is I'm not sure I've ever seen a franchise completely bungle a backup quarterback situation <laughs> worse than the New York Jets. Like, let's, 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 just, let's just go back to the beginning of the season, okay? You're bringing in Aaron Rodgers, who's going to be 40. You have two years of Zach Wilson. This is exactly who he is. Right. And you were comfortable with Zach Wilson being the backup uh, behind Aaron Rodgers should Aaron Rodgers go down. And, like, I, I know Jets fans will say, well, Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers was supposed to play. He wasn't supposed to go down. Well, right now four of the top seven seeds in the AFC looks like they're going to be playing a backup quarterback in Week 14. So mm-hmm. it's not unusual or out of the ordinary for a backup quarterback to play. So the Jets went into the season thinking, hey, maybe just because Zach Wilson's going to breathe the same quarterback room air as Aaron Rodgers, that he will magically be better than he has been the last two seasons. And look at his QBR. I know that's the ESPN metric and some people don't like it, but it's a, it's a pretty good indicator. It's the same. Look at his numbers in 2021. Look at his numbers in 2022. And look at his numbers in 2023. They are what they are, and you were okay with this. And just going back and forth and cutting Tim Boyle and bringing back Zach Bowman and kind of having to beg him to come back and be the starting quarterback tells you just how bad they've handled this. And it's not as much on Zach. It's on the organization. It's an organizational failure. Yeah, it really is. Is there any thought in your mind that a guy like Joe Douglas could be maybe on the outs looking in after the season because they didn't go and get a guy like, I don't know, Gardner Minshew who was available? Yeah, there's a lot of quarterbacks who were available. And it's not only that. Look at all the receivers they brought in, whether it was Nicole Hardman or Alan Lazard or Randall Cobb. All for Aaron Rodgers. Have any of those guys done anything outside of Garrett Wilson? Nope. And the answer is no. So this was a team. And, you know, and by the way, going into the season, we all said, hey, everything looks good, but what about that offensive line? Oh, I think the offensive line will be fine. The offensive line is trash. Like, <laughs> that's one, like, it's not just Zach Wilson. Right. They're inept offensively across the board. And you know, they had so much fun, the Jets did, when they went up to Denver and, and beat Sean Payton and the Broncos. And that was their little Super Bowl. And they laughed first. But the way Sean Payton has turned that team around, Sean Payton and the Broncos are laughing last. And uh, the Jets are once again just an inept franchise. 
Yeah, they really are. Again, Trey Wingo from the 33rdteam.com is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Trey, I saw at the end of November you had put out a tweet, and the 33rd team had put out a tweet about kickers, and it said, believe it or not, Young Hoku now has a higher all-time field goal percentage than Justin Tucker. And then you quote tweeted, said, we're in the golden age of kicking. The top five most accurate kickers of all time are active right now. That was a pretty big deal. I don't think a lot of people paid attention to it, but it really caught my attention. What does it say about the state of kind of the kickers these days? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, and, you know, I, I got some people saying, well, you know, uh, most kickers during their careers, they, they start off good and then they fall back like Dan Bailey. Well, Justin Tucker's been out here, what, 13 seasons? Right. Harrison Bucker has been out here eight. Uh, I mean, these guys have been around for a while, you know, Who's been out here seven? These aren't these aren't like one year wonders. Carlson's mm-hmm. been there a few years as well for the Raiders. Yep. Um, you know the mechanism is being perfected. It's like it's like a lot of things in sports. And uh, you know Robbie Gold is the ninth uh, uh, most uh, accurate kick of all time, and he just retired after eighteen years. So it's not like these are small sample sizes. But you know we're, we're seeing a lot more indoor stadiums, which I think helps. Chris Boswell, by the way, being in the top five, I think is remarkable because you talk to anybody who kicks in Pittsburgh, whether it's, you know, whether you want to call it Acrisure Stadium or Heinz Field <laughs> or whatever, that place is not friendly to kickers. So the fact that Chris Boswell is in the top five is absolutely probably one of the more remarkable things out there about that list of field goal kickers. You know, the funny thing, you mentioned Daniel Carlson, and uh, he's been fantastic for the Raiders. He's a pro bowler. I mean, he's cash money Carlson is what we call him. But he started his career in Minnesota, and he got cut. And the, and the Raiders yeah. found him and was able to kind of help him get back to who he is now. And, I mean, that, that doesn't happen very often either because kickers, if they lose their confidence, sometimes it's hard to get that back. It is. And, you know, it speaks to the mechanics and it speaks to the mentality. And, like, so many things in sports, whether it's football, kicking, golf, you have to man- master the mental part of it as much as the athletic part of it. Because the mechanism, you know, you've got to clear the mechanism. You've got to trigger it. And, and I think these guys have gone a long way towards understanding that part of it as well. It, it really is remarkable. And, you know, I, I, am, I am, like, the, for example, the kid to the Cowboys, uh, Aubrey, the rookie, oh, yeah. he's been great, right? Yep. And, and they got a huge game coming up this Sunday. But, you know, we saw what happened to uh, Brett Maher last year in that, that, that the wild card game against the Bucs. He absolutely melted down and couldn't hit an extra point. And, you know, you got a guy like Robbie Gold out there, who, by the way, Bobby Gold says he's retired. Uh, he's never missed a kick in his postseason career. He's wow. 29-29 for field goals and 39 for 39 at extra points. So if you get to a playoff game and you see one of these guys, one for one of these kickers, one of these teams, suddenly spit the bit, and you could have had Robbie Gold uh, help you through a, uh, you know, sign him late season and get him through uh, a, a playoff run, that, that's something that, uh, you know, I don't want to think about trying to talk him out of retirement. Yeah, that's a great little nugget right there. Again, Trey Wingo, 33rdteam.com, is with us here on Raider Nation Radio 920. We had someone text in, uh, 815 Raider Nation for Life said, ask Trey his honest opinion of Raiders quarterback Aiden O'Connell. And I know you do a lot of draft stuff. You're deep diving into the NFL draft. Aiden O'Connell's a rookie. What do you see from the young man out of Purdue? Well, you know, it's interesting. There have been flashes, right? And he, he's played tough. And, he, and he's hung in there and, and made some – uh, some some decent throws. Um, there, there's been a couple of misses, uh, but I I, I I guess I would say the sample size. I, I need a larger sample size. Gotcha. Let's see what we're going to see at Aiden O'Connell. You know, but um, 
He's kind of a thick Jimmy G, though, isn't he, right? Like, yeah. He doesn't he, yeah. He look a little, little like a thick Jimmy G out there? I mean, I kind of respect that about him. <laughs> yeah. No, he is. And he's got a strong arm. Uh, he's an older older dude as far as rookie goes. Uh, I think he's got it between the ears. But I think, Trey, the biggest thing with him is just kind of inconsistency is kind of what you were talking about. Yeah. And, you know, there have been a lot of things that have gone wrong for the Raiders this year. And, you know, I, I – Antonio Pierce is a friend, and I think he's done a really admirable job in trying to get up there and get that thing going. But um, you know, it's it's been it's there's no way around it. It has been a season of disappointment yep. for the Raiders, and, and they're going into this December stretch trying to play spoiler when they thought they really had an opportunity to maybe get in there and fight for a, a division title or a wild card spot. You know, and Antonio Pierce, you mentioned a friend, and I'm sure you guys work together at ESPN as well. Um, I mean, he, he's he's doing everything he can to, to get the full-time job. He's bringing energy and light and energy to the building. Uh, what do you know about AP that, you know, maybe we don't know that could give him a good position or good opportunity to get that, that job as the, the full-time head coach? Yeah, well, AP brings a smoldering intensity, all right? Like, whether he was the playing for the Giants when they won Super Bowl forty in the upset of the Patriots or when he was working with me or when he was working with Herm uh, Edwards on the Arizona State staff. I mean, the guy is passionate about the game. And then, of course, comes the sort of the process of learning how to manage a game. Like, I, I think the hardest thing for a head coach in the NFL that nobody gets talked about is managing the game, not calling a game, not coming up with plays for the game, but managing the game. There's a feel for managing the game. When do you want to use your challenges? When do you want to use your timeouts? Why are you using these strategically? And that's something that I think comes along with with experience. Like, you know, Jeff Saturday got the Colts coaching job last year, and Jeff's a friend of mine, and I was even surprised that he got the job just because of the lack of experience. And I think Jeff eventually could be a really good coach in the NFL, but there were some games where it felt like not having been on the sidelines for a million games and understanding situations it can get away from you pretty quickly if you're not used to that. Like Mike Martz was one of the greatest play callers and play designers of all time when he was offensive coordinator for the Rams. And then when he became the head coach, game managing became more important than game calling or game playing. And that was a difficult transition for Mike. He would challenge things that made no sense. He would use his timeouts sort of willy-nilly. Those are the things, the little things that usually become the biggest things that someone like Antonio is going to have to get to on a, on a learning curve real quick. Because the passion for the game, the connection with the players, all of that is there. It's understanding the situational movement in the game that I think is the most important thing for him. Again, we're talking with Trey Wingo from the 33rdteam.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I don't know how much you've noticed or seen all this traction coming out of Buffalo and Sean McDermott and seemed like some conversation oh, yeah. that he might have had in 2019. Is this kind of like a little bit of a, I don't know, maybe a, a, a pre-plan on possibly splitting ways with Sean McDermott? Well, listen, if they, if they don't make the postseason, that there's that possibility. But I'm just going to throw this out here, okay? And I know it was a few years ago and all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to I'm just going to throw this out here, okay? okay? Here's here's the here's the podium of analogies you should never make in any way, shape, or form. Slavery, Hitler. 9-11. Let's just, let's just wipe those off the table, okay? Oof, yeah. Because those things, let's, let's just not do that. Right. Okay, let's not do any of that, and you're fine. Literally take any other analogy you want to make, and more often than not, we can see how that would work. Right. Just keep those off the table. 
just keep those off the table and you're probably good. And that's and that sorry, I thought I thought I was trying to trying to figure out what what else is going on there. I, I didn't I don't know like I didn't see this. I just started to notice all the all the tweets about it and all the conversation about it. I guess this is what, twenty nineteen when this happened with McDermott? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's a few years ago. Um and it does seem sort of suspicious or, yeah. or interesting rather that it comes out now in a season where they're struggling and they you know, what they're the, they're the 11 seed right now in the postseason. If they lose to the, the Chiefs on Sunday, their season is essentially over. And quite frankly, that game I could see going either way. Right. I could see it being a close game. I could see the Bills blowing out Kansas City with the struggles they're having offensively right now. Or quite frankly, because the Bills are hanging on by a thread and, you know, all this is going on, I could see the Bills imploding on Sunday. Anything, there's nothing that could happen in that game that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, no, me either. I've, I've been really looking at that team and been scratching my head. And, of course, going up against the Chiefs, they're still an elite team, not playing at an elite level. I guess that's the way to put it. And uh, so I don't know what's going on with them either, but uh, I think they have a good opportunity against Buffalo. And who knows how Josh Allen's going to go out there and perform well. Trey, we'll close out with this. Cowboys and Eagles, Sunday night football. We saw the Eagles just get beat by 49ers really bad. How do you think they bounce back in this one? I'm not sure they do. Uh, they're a little beat up. Jalen Hurts is uh, is really limited by that name. Like he's he's put out a gutty performance. I mean, he has twice as many rushing touchdowns as the rest of the team combined. So he is really he's laying it all on the line. But if this is the moment for all the Cowboy fans out there, and I know there's tons of them in Vegas because they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. This is the moment, right? You have a wounded duck Philadelphia team that's sort of been skating by before the blowout loss. The three previous wins were combined by a combined 12 points uh, against Buffalo and Dallas and Kansas City. So they've just been doing enough to win. And they literally and figuratively get punched in the mouth uh, by Drake Greenlaw and the 49ers, and they go to Dallas. Dallas has won 14 straight games at home. That's the longest active streak in the NFL. And it's the second longest streak in Cowboys franchise history to when they won 18 straight from the late 70s to the early 80s. This is the moment for the Dallas Cowboys to show everyone they're not paper champions, that they can be as good as people say they are. They finally beat a team with a winning record uh, Thursday night. They've had a mini-buy to get ready for this game, a little extra rest. If you don't take advantage of this now, no one will ever believe that you will. This yeah. is the opportunity, and quite frankly, they should beat the Philadelphia Eagles Sunday night at AT&T Stadium. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. Sunday night football, Eagles and Cowboys, and, of course, that's the hated NFC East rivalry right there. And so, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see how that one shakes out. Well, Trey, fantastic stuff. What are you working on, man, 33rdteam.com that we should be on the lookout for? Yeah, we do a bunch of stuff there. Uh, we've obviously mentioned the podcast with Chase Daniel. I yep. work for the Stunt app, which is basically Twitter without all the other garbage. It's all sports. Download the Stunt, Stunt app uh, in Google Play or the Apple Store. Uh, working for the PGA Tour, and coming up in February, got a new podcast with Amazon and Wondery with nice. my old Sports Center co-host Kevin Frazier called Making Waves about how certain things in sports changed everything that we saw. For example, if Drew Brees hadn't failed his physical in Miami, would the Dolphins be the team that the Saints became? And would Nick Saban have never left and gone back to Alabama mm. and become the juggernaut that the Crimson Tide has been? So that's going to launch in February. We're really excited about that. And uh, just continue to talk football, man. I like it. I like it. What did you think about the uh, the Final Four in college football? Did the committee get it right? Nope. 
Because, uh, here's the way I put it, real quickly, okay? Okay. They're punishing Florida State for winning without their starting quarterback. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And if the college football committee, if the, if the NFL acted like the college football committee, Super Bowl 52 wouldn't exist. Because Carson Wentz got hurt late in that season. Nick Foles came in, saved the day. They still were the number one seed, made it to the Super Bowl, and beat Tom Brady and the Patriots when they were at the peak of their power with a backup quarterback. Basically, the committee says we don't want anything like that. And that's one of the greatest upsets with the Philly Special, one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. The college football committee said, well, that sucks. We just want Alabama. That's there ridiculous. You yeah, they did. They just want the SEC in there, no doubt about it. Like you said, Alabama in, Florida State out. Trey, fantastic stuff, man. Thanks so much. We definitely appreciate you. You got a cue anytime, man. Be good. All right, you too. Trey Wingo, 33team.com, chasing it with Chase Daniel. Uh, the podcast does a lot of work. Again, he's a guy that's got so many jobs, he makes me say, man, you got a lot of jobs. You're covering a lot of different things. Fantastic football mind. Definitely appreciate his time. Let's go ahead and hook something up, man. Let's go ahead and get some winning away. How about that? Uh, Ari likes winners. I like winners as well. Let's get someone in to win the ultimate Raider hookup. What is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Two tickets to the Raiders-Chargers Thursday night football game, two field passes, and an autograph player jersey. We're going to announce the winner, probably have the morning tailgate, announce the winner on the 13th, but we're going to get you in to win. And the good thing about us getting you in to win, one, we're going to do this twice on the show today. But I like having winners come from this show. I got, we got a good track record of having winners come from this show. A lot of times we'll look up, we'll get that email from Craig in the morning, Craig for promotions. What's up, Craig? And he'll say, winner was in to win on Unnecessary Roughness. Winner got in to win on Unnecessary Roughness. So uh, we credit you for getting in to win on this show, and we want you to be winners. So call number nine is what we're looking for right now at 702-365-9200. That's 702-365-9200. That is the don'tbebroke.com text line as well. You can always chime in on the show anytime you want. But right now, call number nine is going to get in to win the Ultimate Raiders hookup with Raider Nation Radio 920. This podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness on LVSportsNetwork.com is brought to you by Porta Subs. Make sure you check out Porta Subs' six-foot party trays. They're perfect for game days. You'll get your choice of three made-to-order classic subs made with premium meats and cheese on your choice of fresh-baked bread, loaded with fresh veggies, toppings, and sauces. Game day six-foot trays serve 12 to 16 people, so you can sit back and enjoy the game. Available at all Las Vegas area Porta Subs, neighborhood sandwich shops, order ahead at PortaSubs.com. Every time he touches the ball, it's like, what is it, 10, 15, 17, running guys over. Here's a guy that, you know, let's be honest, in training camp, he got baptized. <laughs> you know what I mean? He probably got embarrassed. Humble pie. But now he's, he's dishing it out now to himself. And you can see the confidence. You see Big Mike walk around with a shoulder shrug, got a little swag to him. It's good to see, man, especially rookies who late in the season hit that rookie wall. He's doing the opposite. He's going upwards. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Interim head coach Antonio Pierce talking about rookie tight end Michael Mayer. That was a question I asked him about what does he expect from him the final five games. Similar to the question that I asked you, what player or players do you think will really step up coming off the bye week starting this week versus Minnesota? He's my option on offense. I have Nate Hobbs on defense and a little asterisk next to Jack Jones. I also think he has an opportunity to show what he could do and what he could be for the silver and black moving forward for the next five games and uh, see if the Raiders maybe uh, got themselves a steal as they pick Jack Jones up 
off of waivers from the New England Patriots. Shout out to my man Felix. He got in to win the Ultimate Raiders hookup. We got more of that on the way. We also have Lincoln Kennedy going to join us at 3.30. We'll talk all things Raiders and Vikings. Uh, I got a couple of text messages I want to get to. Before I do that, though, I want to go over the Thursday injury report for the Raiders and the Vikings. No Max Crosby. No Colton Miller. No Daniel Carlson, who's dealing with the illness. And no John Jenkins, who had some rest. So that's okay. He's got a, uh, you know, got just was rested up, so he should be good to go. But no Max, no Colton Miller, still dealing with the shoulder injury. And Daniel Carlson dealing with the illness. Um, my assumption is that he'll be okay by Sunday. But, you know, you got to have Cash Money Carlson out there as well. Also, Brandon Faison dealing with a shin injury was limited. Uh, Mayaga, the linebacker, dealing with a knee injury, he was limited. And Malcolm Koontz with the ankle injury uh, was limited as well. As far as the Vikings go, they're all healthy. Ed Ingram, the guard, was limited. He's dealing with a hip injury, but everybody else was a full participant. Everyone else, and they had Justin Jefferson listed on the hamstring injury, but he's full and full, so he's good to go. Uh, Theo Jackson, the safety, full participant. Everyone looks like they're good to go as far as uh, Minnesota goes, but the Raiders clearly a little bit banged up according to their Thursday injury report. So that's definitely something to pay attention to, see what they do moving forward. Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up at 702-365-9200. Q, Ari, good afternoon, gentlemen. First off, shout-out to Ari for the constant sweet beats. We're coming back from the commercial breaks. Keep it rolling. Please throw in some digital underground. Q, I'm coming to Vegas this weekend for a quick trip, and unfortunately I'm not going to Sunday's game. However, I could use your expertise here. If you could re- recommend a few spots off the strip and won't charge an arm and a leg just to reserve a table, any info is greatly appreciated. Thanks as always. You know, Ari's really good at that. <laughs> Ari's really good at, at being able to, to let you know what great places. Um, I mean, really, there's no place that you don't go in Vegas won't be showing the games. Right? You can go anywhere. Uh, me and the wife, we like to go to the sports book sometimes and just hang out. You know, and just go ahead and look. And I mean, I'm talking about any sports, but we always go to GVR. It's right around the corner from the house. So we go and check that out. But, I mean, any sports book you can go into. Uh, I think Chickies and Pete's, who, matter of fact, Clay Baker will be at Chickies and Pete's tonight for Thursday Night Football. That's a great spot inside the Sahara, Las Vegas. And, you know, it's, it's, off the, it's not off the strip because it's on the strip, but it's, you know, pretty far down the strip. So that's, that's a spot to go. Um, but, again, man, anywhere you go in the city – the action will be on, and you can you can find a really good spot. I, believe me, you'll you'll have a good time wherever you go. Uh, if you're around town on Saturday night, stop by the Rockstar. You know, bring bring you and the family around the the Rockstar. Uh, it's free to get in. There's no age restrictions. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor and company. A lot of Raider Nation will be there as well. Uh, so that's a really good time. I mean, there's like man, you're coming to the right city to have a good time, right? But Ari is the best uh, tour guide. Trust me, uh, he always gets out. <laughs> <laughs> Psych, <laughs> he never gets out. But, yeah, uh, I'm sure you'll find some really good one, a uh, really good spot. Uh, also, Vegas Pete, uh, he said, Q, regarding yesterday, the officer's response time was 78 seconds, so they responded quickly. You can never tell what's in someone's mind. Too many guns in America is a problem without getting political. With regards to the Raiders, if the, if the O-line does its job, we might have some big plays. Teams that blitz a lot leave holes. Vikings are similar to the Packers in that way, uh, the way that they play. We're going to need to blitz maybe some if Max isn't his dominant self or if he's not out there at all. That's from Vegas Pete. And, yeah, uh, the response time, man, and we'll talk to Faven K coming up at 4 o'clock. The response time from the officers and the first responders was fantastic, in my opinion. 
And obviously they've had experience with this before, this kind of a situation, which is not good. Nobody wants to do that. They don't, but the fact that they learned from the previous experience going back to 1 October to be able to know exactly what to do, you know, lock down the hospitals, clear out the highway, this, that, and the other, and be ready to, to roll in any direction just in case. I mean, I cannot stress how much – I think the first responders and the police officers did a fantastic job to be able to man- manage and minimize uh, the, you know, what could have been really a really a, a, a even worse situation than it was. And of course, it's not a good situation when anyone loses their life or anyone uh, is, you know, injured the way that they were. But uh, I think that the the first responders and the police officers need to get a lot of credit for what they were able to do. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick before we get to Lincoln Kennedy uh, to talk all things Raiders and Vikings. Let's talk to our friend Raider X. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, Q. Again, I just want to echo those thoughts, man. Unfortunately, there's been too many experiences from that. And, uh, you know, thank God that, uh, you know, that that they've gained the knowledge and experience from that and we learn from that because, you know, truly that's a great example of knowledge is power. But like yeah. I said, unfortunately, learning from devastating uh, situations. So God bless, and, you know, hopefully we can come to a resolution sometime in the future. But, you know, getting back to, to the, you know, the talk at hand here, you wanted to talk about some, some, some lofty goals. Well, I got a couple lofty goals. You know, I like to see the, the, the D-line average at least four, four sacks a game for the remainder of the, of, of the mm. year. Okay. Also, at least four, four plays of 20-plus yards a game. I, you, we see a lot of intermediate, intermediate throws. I mean, we're having a few explosive plays, but I like to see at least four. And last but not least, at least a one-four touchdown game from Aiden O'Connell. Um, I know, again, I'm, I'm shooting for the sky, but again, I think they're all obtainable, and I think that we, if we can truly get that or get a solid game at the very end, I think that's huge, and I think that shows growth because what we're seeing right now, we're seeing great starts, but I think what everybody talks about the inconsistency is because we're seeing a Jekyll and Hyde team. We're seeing two different teams coming out there from the from the from the beginning, and that kind of gives me back to a scripted plays. But we're not adjusting, and it, and it, if it's if it's not the coaching, it's the players because they're not performing out there. And I like to see them go out and finish and, and maintain that focus because that's personal discipline. And they need to go out there and truly, you know, embrace the moment, play for play for the position, and play for the retainment of the position. Because as as we all know, if they keep AP, he will get his own dogs. He's going to go out, go out there and pick up other guys, and they're going to do some serious looking in the mirror. And if they get a new regime, damn, nobody's safe. So, you know, really, they got to put some stuff on tape. So every game until that last minute is going to count this season. That's all i got to say, Mr. Q. Hey, great. Day, man. You take care. You'll be safe, man. Hey, you too, my man. Thanks so much, Raider X. Great stuff. Great stuff. And, yeah, those are some lofty goals, but why not have lofty goals? Ain't nothing wrong with that. Right, even if they fall short of them, then that's still more success than they've had, especially offensively this year. I don't mind the lofty goals. I don't. I, I hope that everyone in that locker room has those. Right, we've got to score twenty-eight points. Right, I, I always say, hey, just score twenty-four. But why not twenty-eight? Okay, well, why settle? Um, that that's fine. You know, and if you if you fall a little bit short, then you're still putting yourself in a really good position. The problem is that they haven't consistently got into the 20s. Only one time they've offensively got into the 20s, and that obviously is not going to cut it at all, right? I mean, I know that the defense is playing better, but it ain't playing that good where you got to, you know, you can score less than 20 and think you're going to win games consistently. That's not going to happen. So uh, really good stuff, Raider X. Definitely appreciate that. In a matter of seconds, we'll be joined by Lincoln Kennedy uh, to talk all things Raiders and Vikings and what he'll be looking for in this game. And uh, I look forward to that conversation as we join him each and every Tuesday and Thursday here around 3.30 
on Radio Nation Radio 920. As a matter of fact, Lincoln Kennedy joins the show now. And, Lincoln, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you, my man. And the Vikings are coming to town. Brian Flores likes to blitz, 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 and blitz some more. How much stress is that going to put on this Raiders offensive line and on quarterback Aiden O'Connell? Well, probably more than they've seen all season. I mean, you talk about the front four collectively uh, that Minnesota brings and the amount of pressure that brings. Um, the thing is, Q, is that Brian Flores wants to disrupt the timing as much as possible, especially when you have speedy receivers. So you go back to, to a couple of games, even you go back to the, to the even the Denver game or the San Francisco game, and you can see they had a high out of bitch, uh, blitz package that they used uh, on, on the opposing quarterbacks just to harass them. And you know they're going to blitz a rookie. There's no doubt about it. So they're going to have to, the Raiders offensive line is really going to have to be on point this game. More importantly, they're going to have to play well if they want to win. What does Bo Hardegree, or how can Bo Hardegree set this Raiders offense up for success knowing everything that you just mentioned that's coming with that blitz? When you have an aggressive defense, what you like to use is you like to use misdirection, so counters, reverses, sweeps, stuff like that, as well as screens. You try to get timely. The problem is, is with the Raiders, they're not a very well-developed screen team. They've gotten better, but they're not as well-developed as polished as I would like. And I will say, I think that in all ways, when you talk about bubble screens, tunnel screens, or wide receivers, those in essence are like extended runs. You want to try to get on the perimeter to take away, take a little bit of stress off the quarterback. But for Aiden O'Connell and for Bo Hardigree, what you have to do is you want to call plays that gets the ball out of his hands quickly. Why is it that some teams, like you mentioned, the Raiders aren't very good at being a screen team? Why is it so difficult for some teams to master that? You got to you got to practice it, and you got to practice it religiously. It's Screens and screens and draws are all about timing. Right. And what you have to do is you have to have you have to have uh, faith in the uh, the guys that are trying to get out in front of the screen. More importantly, the timing factor has got to be critical because if it's taken away, you don't want to get a penalty with a legal man to downfield or something like that. So you got it's just timing. It works out of timing. That makes sense. Lincoln Kennedy joins us here on Radio Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So I know that the Vikings are really good at stopping the run. So in this game, we're just talking about screens. Uh, would this be one that maybe Josh Jacobs could even just catch a bunch of passes out of the backfield just as kind of extended runs as well? Yeah, you can use the screens as, as extended runs part of the running game. You just throw, you got to throw it outside of the, the hash marks, Yeah, you know, the yardage marks. That's where it is. So you, mean, you can use it. You can use that as – extended runs that's basically what they are those tunnel screens those bubble screens those mm -hmm. are nothing more than just uh, glorified pitches and sweeps what about Thayer Mumford I want to get back to the offensive line how much have you seen Thayer Mumford continue to grow I've seen some growth out of him he's, he's actually surprising played a lot better than I was uh, thinking he was going to play this year I thought he still had another year of development but his feet has gotten progressively better, and I think he can hold up to the course, especially in this game. I think he can, he can definitely uh, serve a, a, a use. What about Aiden O'Connell as far as, I mean, you talked about getting the ball out of his hands quickly. He's got five games to show what he can do. Uh, where do you think he needs the most growth from right now? Just plays, reps. There are two positions on the football team that need as many reps as possible with many different things you're going to see in collectively. It's the offensive line collectively. You have to have reps together and quarterback. There's no, there's no better education than being out there during the, during the game, during fire, when it's going full speed, for you to be able to pick it up and have awareness. Again, Lincoln Kennedy is with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Max Crosby did not participate in practice today, didn't participate yesterday. Do you think there could become a point where the Raiders say, hey, we've got to shut this guy down to protect him from him? I, 
good good luck trying. You right. can't keep Max Crosby off the field if you wanted to. Um, the thing is, is that there, there'll be a time where you talk to him and you say what's important. But you know, Max is on a tear, and and the thing is, is that he's really. He's really pushing for that honor, that ultimate honor, not only for the team's sake to get to the playoffs and win a championship, but for him, he's pushing on the honor of a deep, trying to be the defensive player of the year. I think that would be the world to him. So I know that's what he's trying to go for. Yeah, I, I do as well, and, and I would love for him to get that. But I just, I mean, just seeing the pictures of what his knee looked like, and yeah. Lincoln, you, you've been in the trenches. You know what yeah. it's like, man. When you, what is it like when you see a teammate that's battling tooth and nail to try to get out there each and every week? Well, you certainly appreciate it, but every now and then you're going to have to have a mature, respectful conversation with them. And it, it might be it might be this week, it might be later. I don't know how you know, depending on the uh, significance and the seriousness of it. I know he didn't practice, but to be honest, look, Max Crosby doesn't need to practice That's this true. time of year. Most teams don't really practice more than 90 minutes, anyways, and it's just basically a sharp walkthrough. So that's the glorified walkthrough um, uh, this time of year. But anyways, but so on, on the side note is what you come to him and say, look, man, you're going to have to – somebody's going to have to sit down with him. It gets worse. You're going to have a very long career, um, and, and I need you more than I need you for this game right now. Um, please understand, listen to your body. It's up to the individual. Listen to your body. If you don't like what the information the doctors are giving, go get a second advice, a second opinion, a third opinion if you want. You're entitled to it. But listen to your body. You have to know how, what's the difference between, Q, between being hurt and being injured. Everyone hurts. Mm-hmm. Everyone hurts this time of year. If you're, not, if you're not hurting while you're playing football, you're doing something wrong. Being <laughs> injured means you can't go. And you right. have to think about shutting it down because you have to think about your future. And again, Lincoln Kennedy is with us here on Raider Nation Radio at 920. He joins us each and every Tuesday and Thursday. So, Lincoln, when you're sitting up in the booth, what are you going to be looking for in this game? How, they can, how the Raiders are able to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. I think that's a big, big deal because Josh Dobbs has been playing progressively better in every game that I've watched since he's become a Viking, and I think that he can be useful for the future, but he still has limitations. So they're going to rely on getting it to their star receivers as well as their running game. That's what they're going to try to get the football to. So that ball's going to come out of his hands quickly. Got to be able to control the line of scrimmage and make them as one-dimensional as possible. Do you think this is an opportunity for the Raiders' defense because he has had a knack for turning the ball over quite a bit? It's a huge opportunity. The Raiders' defense has played well. It means it's really what's kept them in the game uh, and, and been able to win the games for AP since he's taken over. So it, it can be a huge game for the defense. Who do you think matches up with Justin Jefferson? <laughs> yeah, um, he's so shifty. He yes, really he is. is. He, I don't know if you can match up man-to-man. You have to play a combination zone. More importantly, you have to protect over the top because they're going to take their shots down the field. Yeah, I mean, they're going to. And I'm looking at Nate Hobbs, and I know he normally plays in the slot, but he's a guy that you could just kind of put anywhere. I love the fact that he's willing to play any position, uh, just go out there and be on the field. I feel like he has the physicality to at least try to compete with Justin Jefferson, but that's a tough out right there, Lincoln. Well, I mean, it's also you got to think about the, 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 the tight end. What is it, Hawkinson? Yeah. DJ Hawkinson, whatever his yep. name is. Um, yep. he's, he's a vital part, too, and that's where, honestly, I think you're going to come down to the issue. If, if it's Marcus Epps a little bit, again, like it was the last time when they played Kelsey, he's going to have some issues with, um, and, uh, with, with uh, the size advantage, the size disadvantage for Epps. But um, it, it, they've got a couple of receivers they can go to, and they've got an arsenal. If, they, if Dobbs gets time and is confident with his progression, he can pick you apart. But that's why it's got to be absolutely essential for the Raiders to get some pressure on him. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest. It's Red Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. What are your thoughts on Michael Mayer down the stretch, these final five games? 
I think we're still getting more and more exposure. I think, you know, the Raider Nation is quite impatient, and rightfully so. I mean, they want to win and want to win. I get it. Right. But there are things that have to develop. You have to figure out a way learning to play on this level and learning to be seen. And understand this. For a quarterback, on most times when the quarterback's getting rid of the ball within three seconds, it, two things either have to happen. One, they go quickly enough through the progression to feel confident enough where to throw the ball and, be, uh, and, and open it up. And two, they've got the timing in their head to where they know exactly where they're going on pre-snap reads. Those are essential. Those are learned behaviors. The same thing can be said about a, a tight end or a receiver or anybody. You've got to learn out, go out there and learn the speed of the game. There are times where Mayer is open, but uh, AOC has already taken his eyes off him. So he's right. going elsewhere. And, and you can't necessarily use him as a check down all the time. So there will be opportunities for him. He just has to get more acclimated to the speed of this game. At this Thank level. you. Final question for you. I wanted to ask you about Devontae Adams. Last game out, week 12 against Kansas City. He starts five catches, like 73 yards. It was great. And then that's what he ended with, five catches, 73 yards. How do you consistently get a guy like Devontae involved in the game? It's easier said than done. But yeah, the thing is, is really. you, gotta, you have to remember, Q, you got a young quarterback. Right. You don't want to force the issue. That's the big thing with anybody. It doesn't matter if you're young or senior. You know, Brian Hoyer tried to force the issue when they went to Chicago. You remember, you got to pick six because yeah. they want to force the issue to get the ball to Devontae. So you got to be smarter than that. Understand what people are going to do to Devontae. If they're going to double team him, either bracket one high, low, or however they're going to do it, that leaves somebody else to be able to get open. Whether it's Jacoby Myers, Hunter Renfro, Michael Mayer, whomever. You know, Josh Jacobs coming out of the backfield. Those are opportunities. And, you know, Devontae's going to get his touches because sooner or later, if you run enough other plays and have success, they're going to have to break out of it. They're not going to be able to double him every time. That's when you can take advantage of him. We got one more question. We just got a text on our don'tbebroke.com text line from uh, 815 Raider Nation for Life. He said, ask Lincoln, who do you think would be the best pick as an offensive lineman for the Raiders in the first round? So he wants you to put your draft cap on. He wants you to put your (laughs) – You know what? I say go after the young tackle out of Penn State. Oh, I can't pronounce his name off the top of my head. I need to see it spelled. Uh, The Raiders need a tackle. And even if you're not going to use a top ten pick, if you want to trade back like they did with Colton Miller, I'm fine with that. But they've got to get a tackle. I, and I think the sense of urgency is more important for a tackle and a linebacker as well as a uh, maybe a shutdown corner is as, a, as important as, you know, the building other parts. But to me, the Raiders need a tackle to finally, finally, in the, uh, in the, the, the argument of who's going to be playing right tackle. Yeah, and I believe his name is, and I'm going to mess this up badly, Olam. Yep, yep that one. <laughs> Fasha knew. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, no, they do, Lincoln. It's been forever since they've had uh, quality tackles consistently, especially yeah. on the right side, as you very well know. Uh, you might have been the last guy, right? I mean, just because. I mean, look, I'm not taking all that credit, but I'm just saying it's, it's been a gaping wound for so long. Yes. Even since I've been started, even I've started working for the Raiders and commentating, that goes all the way back to 2014, 2015. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's been a wound that they haven't been able to heal. They've tried in places that haven't been able to get it right. They finally need to get that right. Yes, they absolutely do. Well, Lincoln, as always, man, great stuff. Can't wait to see you on Sunday in the press box. We definitely appreciate you today. Got it, Q. I'll talk to you soon, brother. All right, my man, there he goes, the great Lincoln Kennedy, former Raider offensive lineman. And no BS, you know, it, it might have been Lincoln Kennedy was the last – Strong, strong, solid right tackle that the Raiders had. I know they've had many different rotating bodies at that spot. I know they've attempted uh, a million times feverishly to get someone to fill that void. But consistently, when it comes to consistency, might have been just Lincoln Kennedy. Just saying, just throwing it out there. Uh, I know there's been some guys that have done good jobs. 
But consistently for a long period of time, like I said, that right has always been an issue for the longest. So uh, always appreciate catching up with Lincoln. We'll definitely see him on Sunday in the, Prater, in the Raiders press box. Coming up at 4 o'clock, uh, we'll shift our attention. We'll talk to Faven K from Fox 5 News just about everything that went down yesterday and how Fox 5 did a fantastic job with their coverage and really helped us uh, keep up with our, our coverage as well. Plus, we'll talk a little bit of uh, LeBron James and the NBA and how there's a great chance that Vinny Bonsignor really rolled it out to us earlier uh, today about the ownership group that he's a part of and Basically, it's the inevitable uh, that there will be an ownership uh, here as far as the NBA goes in Las Vegas. And, uh, man, it's, it's, it's going to come sooner rather than later. Right now, the in-season tournament semifinal between the Pacers and the Bucks is going on. And uh, Milwaukee is up. What are they up? No, they're not. Sorry. Indiana just took the lead, 69-68 in the third quarter. Let's go ahead and give out some more winning, man. We hooked up some winning. We got some folks in to win the Ultimate Raider hookup earlier Let's do it again. Let's run it back. Two tickets to the Raiders Chargers on Thursday Night Football. Uh, That's coming up week 15. Uh, Two field passes and an autographed player jersey. That's what you can win. We're going to get you in to win. We're going to get you registered. We're going to get you qualified. However you want to say it, that's what we're going to do right now. 702-365-9200. Call number nine is what we're looking for. Again, trying to get you in to win the Ultimate Raiders Hookup with Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. With your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Coming up in about 10 minutes, Faven K from Fox 5 News will join the show. Season ticket holder of the Silver and Black. NBA fan. Just talk a little LA Lakers, but also we'll deep dive into everything that was going on here on Wednesday in the city of Las Vegas and how her station, Fox 5, was all over it like a glove. Really want to give them a lot of props for the covers that they provided. Want to shout out to my guy, Jeff. He's the winner. He's in to win the Ultimate Raider hookup. We'll announce that winner on the 13th. We'll have the morning on the 13th. We'll have the morning tailgate. Do that. Clay Baker, Lindsey Brown, and Vinny Bonsignor. And uh, good luck, Jeff. <laughs> we had Felix got uh, in to win earlier. Good thing is I feel good about winners that come from this show because, well, they're coming from this show. And we like to have winners around here. Got a lot of feedback uh, on the don'tbebroke.com text line that I want to go ahead and get to real quick before we get to Faven. One regarding Max Crosby. Max is Max. He'll play. My bet is Carlson will play too. My huge concern is Colton Miller. He's been out for a long time. Sometimes shoulder injuries for offensive linemen are the worst injury. If he doesn't play Sunday, we lose. They'll shut him down for the season. That was actually a comment off of Twitter. And I'll, I'll say this. I'm not guaranteed that you know Max is going to play. I'm not saying he's not because you're right. Max is Max. But at some point, I mean, that, that knee was in bad shape, right? I mean, having bacteria in it and everything that he went through to get out there on that field against Kansas City, uh, that, was, that was a lot. And you, you want to make sure you have to realize that that is the franchise dude. That is the guy. And I know how much he wants to be out there. I know how much he wants to be defensive player of the year. Uh, I think that he has a really good opportunity to do that. But, man, I mean, you, you just can't be out there just to be out there and try to push yourself when you can't go. If you can't go, you just can't go. And uh, like Lincoln Kennedy said, it's one thing to be uh, hurt. It's another thing to be injured. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a fine line. So he's really got to be honest with himself. I don't want him to put himself in harm's way because he means way more to the organization than just the next couple of games. Um, let's see. We also got another text from uh, the 209 from James. He said, yeah, that's too bad uh, about Max. Uh, means that much more is important for our offense to really step up and play a complete game. Um, Max needs a break. Hopefully he'll be back Thursday night 
uh, for the Chargers game. So uh, basically that text from the 209 is saying go ahead and let him miss this game against Minnesota and get him back on that Thursday uh, against against the Chargers, which will be some Week 15 action. And, like, I'll tell you, I, I, don't, I don't know what the plan is, but I know he hasn't practiced. And as Lincoln Kennedy pointed out, he, he really doesn't need to practice. I get that. But I just want to make sure that he is – you know he's he's okay his uh, his knee because that that I mean that could be bad business it really did look like bad business when you saw his uh, the way his knee was super swollen uh, that was just really bad and I had no idea I knew I remember when he ran out against Kansas City when they because they have the defensive starters now running out of the little line of players and I think that that's really cool being introduced to the crowd and I remember I was sitting next to Lindsey Brown we sit next to each other in the press box and I said man. You can see you can see that Max's knee is bothering him. You can see how slow he's running through this line. Usually he's got his condor arms out and he's flying through the little line and you know, he's doing doing what he does. But you could just tell that, you know, he wasn't he wasn't a, a, a you know, right. He wasn't feeling himself. You know, he wasn't in that that zone. And then to find out exactly what was going on with him, you're like, "Man, how in the hell did he get out there at all?" <laughs> right? That was pretty stinking amazing so uh yeah thanks so much for that feedback definitely appreciate you uh we've been throwing the question out there at 702-365-9200 that's the radio nation listener line and the don'tbebroke.com text line at the same time uh you one number for everything what player or players do you think really need to step up coming off the bye starting this week versus minnesota offensively i'm looking at tight end michael mayer defense i'm looking at cornerback nate hobbs and then also cornerback Jack Jones. We're kind of using him as an asterisk because uh, once the Raiders picked him up off of waivers, you knew the goal was for him to step up. Uh, he went and played a lot uh, once Marcus Peters was benched. And, well, now Marcus Peters is no longer on the roster. So I think Jack Jones slides in there. I'm interested to see how they match up this week, though, against Justin Jefferson. Like, who's going to be out there trying to slow him down? Because that dude hasn't played for a while, but he is uh, he is a dude. He is an absolute dude. And, uh, you know, Josh Dobbs, he he turns the ball over quite a bit, so the Raiders' defense has an opportunity to make plays. But that guy, Justin Jefferson, knows how to make plays as well offensively. So that's going to be a really tough chess match uh, that I'm looking forward to seeing come Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Matter of fact, we'll talk about that with Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings coming up at 430. That's about uh, 35 minutes from now. Got a text from uh, Jason. Ladobebroke.com text line said, I'm looking for Nate Hobbs and Amik to have big games on Sunday because JJ is going to get the ball thrown to him, and those are the guys I want all uh, I want them all uh, all game. Getting close to the end of the contracts, and I don't know if you remember their college stats, but they are great. Always been high on Amik, but Nate can produce like Trey Diggs and his Meek as and Amik as well. Uh, so there you go. Jason wants to see Nate Hobbs and Amik on Sunday, and those are going to be some guys that are going to have opportunities to play. And do some things as well as uh, as uh, Jack Jones, as I mentioned. I mean, especially with Jack Jones' size, you're going to need him a little bit as well. Uh, also, another text from Jason says uh, Max needs rest, needs to draft uh, Chop Robinson. He'll get to the quarterback and give Max some rest. So there you go. Uh, a couple quick texts right there from Jason on our don'tbebroke.com text line. Uh, 702-365-9200. Remember, you don't need a keyword anymore. You don't have to worry about any of that. Just uh, punch in the number like you would when you send a text to your homeboy because that's who we are here. All right, we're Radio Nation Radio 920, but we're your homeboys. <laughs> All you got to do is shoot us a text uh, just like you normally would, and we'll be good to go. Or if you want to uh, hit us up on the Radio Nation listening line, it's the same number. You can always call in and give your feedback on the show as well. So coming up in the next hour, we got Faven K. She's going to be kicking things off. we got Luke Braun. And then on top of that, We've got to get our Week 14 NFL picks in. Pittsburgh and the Patriots, 
Week, uh, week uh, or Thursday night football is kicking us off tonight. Yay. We'll talk about that all in hour number three of Ray Nation Radio 920. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast version of Unnecessary Roughness here on LVSportsNetwork.com, brought to you by Porta Subs.